Welcome to Directly Correct, a PeopleLinks podcast with Colin Scott. Today's guest, Jordan Harley, Senior People Analytics Analyst at Southwest Airlines. Thanks to our sponsors, Polynode. Harness the full power of organizational network analysis with Polynode. With one-click data integrations and built-in relationship-based surveys, Polynode enables people analytics practitioners to move from data to insights faster. To learn more and see why Polynode is trusted by some of the most innovative companies in the world today, book a demo at polynode.com slash directionally correct. Yeah, I get the Cole Napper syndrome. I love it. Yeah, maybe it's psychosomatic. I don't know. But anyway... Are you a regular doctor guy? Like, yeah, I haven't been good until humor. my friend like became a doctor, and now I just call him all the time. <laughs> oh man, this is a very small town. Yeah. Um, it's like when I first worked in Waco, um, my boss he was a psychologist, psychiatrist, really, and he would trade like services with a, a general practitioner, and yeah, like he would harsh. provide. And like the GP would just like work him in like for five minutes because he doesn't need the bedside manner. He'd yeah. say like, yeah, yeah, just like look at him. Like here's three things good. Get out of my office. So <laughs> like work him out, you know, work him in just like that. It's like that is the way life ought to work. That is fantastic. Oh, it's so great. You know, if you have a friend who's a doctor or a friend who's a lawyer or a friend who like, <laughs> police officer yeah like, you know all like the kind of like the tent pole professions if you can have a friend in each of those that can be a lifesaver well i mean like the, the exact same thing we talked about on the podcast as far as like diversity of connections and organization like if you yeah. know 12 people in finance that's great but if you know 12 people but one is in finance one is in you know marketing one is in legal etc 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 you're much better off much better yeah. off because those people have redundant information. Exactly. Exactly. And redundant networks too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We all have the same connections. It's like, what are we going to talk about? The same stuff we always same talk stuff. about. Yeah. Which is like the beauty of the pod. Like get like diverse perspectives in here. Like you and I, we'd probably run out of the shit to say in five episodes in a row. I'm saying. Yeah. If we did f five in a row, we'd be tough. Right. It'd be, yeah, without being repetitive. I, well, I think like we'd either have to get extremely experimental, like just started <laughs> doing like crazy stuff, or we would run out of stuff to talk about. Like, uh, I don't even know what that'd be. Spin the wheel. Like, here you go. Now we're going to talk I, about training. I mean, yeah, like I think we would uh I mean we'd start like playing around in chat GPT on the podcast. Like, what does Chat GPT want us to talk about next? <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's do that right now. Right. <laughs> That's a good idea. I love your experimental nature. Uh I run a uh people analytics podcast. What should I talk about? And it's like, didn't you ask us this last week? That would be a funny response. It's like, same thing as always, Scott. Yeah. Personality theories and profiles. Discuss various personality theories like the Myers-Briggs type indicator, big five traits, etc. So, okay, let, let's do talk about this. I'm curious what you think about this. So I was watching this video the other day of a, a, a CIA analyst. And he was talking about, because I've been, always been curious, like, 
how do intelligence services profile people? They always talk about like profiling, right? As a part of yeah. their job. I was like, curious, how do they do this? So I watched a video on it. And one of the things that he said that they do is they literally try to, using behavioral indicators and things that they know about the subject that they're trying to understand, they will try to put somebody into a Myers-Briggs type, right? One of the 16 profiles. And I was like, I thought about that for a second because from our background in Iowa psychology, we always thought that the Myers-Briggs was like a total joke. You know, it was not reliable at all. Yeah, and I realized like the top intelligence service, you know, arguably in the world is using this. And theoretically, I would assume that they have some kind of reliability indicators that this works and there's some kind of fidelity with it. So I was really surprised to see that. I mean, like, do you think that there's some validity in the Myers-Briggs? Uh, I mean, all, all evidence po points to uh, ostensibly no, as far as like being predictive. Uh, reliability i don't necessarily know the reliability i always pop yeah. up as like an istj or something like that so for me that would be reliable uh valid in any sort of like outcomes uh, apparently not i haven't read the uh, technical information in a long time but apparently it's like rather scant there is something there's different issues here so there's one as far as like ability to predict performance, et cetera. But from the perspective of like the FBI or criminal enforcement, they don't necessarily need to do that. What they need to do and what we need to do in people analytics quite frequently is just problem simplification. Just simplify the issues so that you can make a better choice or eliminate certain folks in this case. Uh, so in, in that instance, I understand why they would want to profile people using a personality profile instrument be it the mbti it wouldn't be that it would be you know whatever sort of behaviors that they're catching on to but yeah just problem simplification hell like jocelyn the other week talked about this uh her whole bit was like hey we need to we have this sort of um workforce planning issue we need to compartmentalize and simplify the issues down to something we can actually deal with because otherwise you just got too many variables too many people too much going on to actually make any sort of headway well, that makes a lot of sense, but it looks like we got Jordan with us. Jordan. Jordan, how you doing, girl? I am good. I am in the office on a Friday, but it's nice and quiet, so definitely can't complain. I, well, I want to say a big thank you to you for joining us on short notice. Um, I just love that it's the one time I have my phone in my pocket I look up, I have like three missed calls from Cole, an email that says, check your phone. <laughs> look at my app watch. Like, oh my gosh. But this is kind of funny. I saw a video, I think it was last night, and it was like some weird opportunity, like once in a lifetime is going to come up sometime soon. And like, I always take those with the grain of salt, of course, but I, I think they're kind of harmless and funny when they come up. It's and good it's, science. It's good science. Right. And then I, the first time. Is that a fortune cookie? I have. And no, it was just a video on social media that, oh, okay. <laughs> on my feed. But it was funny because I opened my messages and it's like, hey, I have a proposal. And I'm like, must have been what they were talking about. They knew. They knew. They did. Are, are, are you attached to your phone? Because like you and I had the exact same morning, but we approached it very differently. We just talked about this. So <laughs> I have anxiety. I'm not ashamed of it. I think it's it can definitely be a good thing a good motivator and so i don't know that i'm necessarily attached to my phone 
Um, but I do wear my Apple Watch, so everything's just constantly oh, coming yes, up. Yes, yes, yes. So that probably fuels um, the anxiety, but I feel like I'm kind of constantly attached to it, regardless if I'm like actively holding it. Or... Is it like is it like FOMO? Like, what what if uh, you oh, get I'm invited a... to a premiere podcast today? Listen, I'm a people pleaser. I don't like responding <laughs> slow. <laughs> I would like to say I'm in recovery, but that's not true. I actually like what you're saying about the anxiety. Uh, before you joined, we were just talking about uh, this video I watched about a, a CIA uh, analyst who tries to like profile people. And he, in that video, he actually talked about the CIA selects for people with anxiety because they're more vigilant and oh, they're more wow. likely to like uh, suss out, like I guess like counter spies. I don't know what the right word is, but like other people who might be trying to pull one over on the CIA. And so I, th- I thought that was fascinating. I was like, yeah, there are benefits to anxiety. I mean, it aligns with um, attachment theory. Um, the oh, anxiously more about atta- that. Yeah, the anxiously attached. <laughs> That's my attachment style. So this is why I know this. Um, when you're anxiously attached, you, you almost get like this additional sense of like intuition. But really, it's because you're so anxious in connections that you are like constantly overanalyzing. So like, I'd love to say there's been a breakup that hasn't blindsided or that has blindsided me, but that's definitely not the truth. Like I can tell probably, I can tell almost immediately with like certainty when something's not going to go right in a relationship or someone's feeling um, differently towards me because of my anxious attachment style. So I can definitely see like being able to suss things out because our mind is like, it's not conscious. Well, I mean, I'm some of it is of course, but um you know, well, it's, we're constantly it's a, analyzing. It's a continuum, right? So, like, you could be yeah. vigilant and, like, analyze information. On the other hand, you like, seeing ghosts, right? Seeing things that aren't actually <laughs> there, connecting dots. Okay, I, I do not, not do that. Wouldn't it be cool to see ghosts, though? I mean, like, really? Like, <laughs> like a cat? I do think it would be cool them? if they weren't scared. Like, if it was, like, just, like, I don't know. I know there's certain towns like across the United States where you can see people like dressed in like period clothing, like really historical stuff. And then they'll realize like that that was a ghost. Ghost. Sure, they're not Mennonites. I literally. Are you talking about? I I know what you're talking about. Yes, I'm sure. Okay. Okay. Jordan will get a kick out of this. There was a there was a uh, commercial during college football this year for Slack. And it's like that little like guy, 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 little like that sound that it makes. And every time I heard that, I would like kind of like, ah, you know, kind of freak out. It's like someone's messaging me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> talk about anxiety from messaging. Oh, yeah. yeah. The team sound. That oh, that gets you. Never go away. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to take a second just to, to thank you, Jordan. So. Um, this was a last minute ask our, our today's guest, uh, got, got sick. And so we're pushing them back a little bit. So we don't have much of an agenda, but I was looking in, um, you know, for new listeners to the pod. Cause I was like, well, I'm sure everybody knows Jordan, but I realized it's been 55 episodes since you were on the podcast, Jordan, you were episode number 23. So I am super thankful that you were able to come back. Love that you're a friend of the pod. You've been really cool to me. I know Scott's a big fan of yours as well. And so I don't know what, what's been going on since we last spoke. Um, yes, I 
I think Scott might be less of a fan since I accidentally sent him to an empty room during Taurios and he what? never came back. <laughs> that is, Apologies that is for that again. You did him a favor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you don't realize. I was how... like, yeah, we're going upstairs. What are you talking about? And then I realized very soon we were not going upstairs and Scott definitely went upstairs. It, it, it um, was, but yeah. It was very similar to when uh, someone, uh, say, like, books your calendar with their vacation time. And it's like your whole calendar's blocked. It's like that is found gold. We are not removing this from a calendar at all. We're just not available for that day. Oh my gosh, two types of people. That would not be a good thing for me. I'd be like, come on, get this off. <laughs> um, so yeah, what's been going on with me? I would say, you know, New Year, new me. Um, been consistent. Do you have a New Year's resolution? Yeah. So I do. I do a word every year. Um, and my year, sorry, my word this year is consistency. So mm. kind of going back to like Atomic Habits, I really love that book. Um, so really listening to that and just trying to remember that it, not every change that like has to be grandiose. It just needs to be consistent. What's, and what's like 1% better. Like micro behaviors lead to macro results, that sort of deal? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I've been working out every day. Um, I do have like caveats. Like if I am traveling somewhere over two and a half hours, that's a pass. If I'm sick, I just had food poisoning, um, beginning of this week. I was not, I could barely even eat. So I definitely wasn't going to go work out. Um, so giving myself grace, but also, you know, being consistent and not letting my feelings determine if I'm going to reach my goals. Yeah. Like someone, I, it was a video I saw recently and this girl was like, you know, your goals don't really care how you feel. So why are you asking yourself or like, why are you saying I don't feel like going to the gym? Yeah. Like take your, take your feelings out of it. And I thought that was really interesting. You're going to be relentless, Jordan. You're going to be unstoppable. And I say, you know, th things we don't really talk about that much are just the ability to focus. That, that's one of the biggest downfalls I see in people and their ability to get ahead or perform anything. Cause they, they get like scatterbrained or like, you know, get focused on too many different things, but like the ability to sit down, focus, and you know, just like put pen to paper, whatever it is, whatever kind of cliche you want to talk about. That's, that seems to be like a, the critical skill that people need to have. I've already like had to, cut back on like the things that I all the things I wanted to be consistent in of course yeah. like, over time, I think it'll get easier to add on um so just starting out with the gym has been good um it's like Maslow's kinda, hierarchy you gotta take care of the body then you'll right wind up with the rest um but that's been new also the uh nice um stunning news i got this past weekend yeah you told me this yesterday and i was just floored by it <laughs> yes <laughs> what would for us that don't know what is this yes so i was at my cousin's baby shower this weekend and his sister was like hey i wasn't going to tell you all this to me and my younger sister brooklyn so this is our cousin Paige, and i'm with my younger sister brooklyn she was like, I wasn't going to tell you guys this, but I, I just, I'm going to tell y'all. I matched with someone on Ancestry.com 
our DNA matched. <laughs> and I've never heard her like heard of her before. And her profile said she was adopted. So I reached out and asked like, hey, do you know how we're, how we're related? And the girl replied and was like, I, since I was adopted and it was a closed adoption, I don't know much other than my parents' names. Do you know Charles Hartley? Which is my dad, which means I have another sibling. So wait, okay. She said it very casually too. She was just like, yeah. I'm like, what? (laughs) I've lived almost three decades of my life already. Not knowing this person even existed. Sorry. my first question was, was your dad like one of these guys that has like another family in another city and like never told you guys about it? Like, or are you the other family? Like what? <laughs> no, uh, we, he, all the siblings. So I, um, me and my younger sister, we have the same dad and mom. All my siblings, we have the same dad, all five of us. Um, me and Brooklyn have the same mom. Then my sister Morgan and my brother Hunter have the same mom. And now my oldest sister, Natalie, uh, has another mom. And so we all have the same dad. But, oh, so no, not, no secret family or anything like that. It was like in chronological order. Um, I will, without getting into too much details, because let's be honest, I don't think I'm ever going to know, you know, the story from her biological mom and or my dad's point of view, like the actual truth, you know? Um, and, and so my dad didn't know it was his kid. He definitely knew that she had got pregnant cause she had him and, um, you know, other people signed the rights away in case they were on the father. Cause she wanted to give the baby up for adoption. Um, and they were very, very young in college, like freshman or sophomore. And so, um, I don't think like, Go dad. Mother or fathers were um, in the place to raise a kid. So, um, so I wait, I, I'm just like a caveman. I, I think that both of y'all are privy to this. I don't understand. So both of y'all took a 23 of me. No, my cousin did. The my cu- first the cousin. cousin did. Yes. And, and she's on my dad's side of the family. And she matched with this girl, Natalie, who oh, turns so out to be my dad's um, first kid that he did not know about until this weekend. Yeah. Wow. That's really, talk about the externalities. Oh Oh my God. What's really funny is based on the like little bit of information I learned from her ancestry.com profile while I was looking at my cousin's phone, I found this girl on LinkedIn. (laughs) I messaged, she had left less than 45 connections. So already not looking good. (laughs) Her picture also didn't really look like her ancestry.com picture, right? Like, I don't know this girl. So I'm like, these look like two different people, but she speaks like 10 different languages and she had um polyglot. Is that the word? I just learned it this weekend. It means that you speak a lot of languages. <laughs> um, that wasn't her title. So I was like, oh, okay. Name matches. She has, that is very specific. Like this is probably her. And so I messaged her subject line, Charles Hartley body. I think you're my half sister. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I didn't think she was going to see it ever. She replied. <laughs> so this is how she found out she has um, four siblings. Oh, my God. So thank you, LinkedIn. Wow. Out here getting me jobs, finding my family members, doing the most. What? What is she? Does she seem like you? Like, is she like a bubbly personality and like analytics so, maven or what? Is she? 
Yeah, they say she things is, are largely She's obviously heritable. like extremely smart, right? You can't speak 10 languages without being Yeah. So an just intelligent like you, person. Right? What can I say? Hey. <laughs> but on a serious note, one thing one thing I found, I don't know enough about her personality yet. Like we just she yeah. just got added to the sibling group chat last night. Well, you and know so that she messaged right away, so like you tell you a little bit already. She's on. It. <laughs> Listen, she's she's great. Um, so I don't know too much about her personality yet. I can tell she's like kind of funny because we'll we'll all be joking around in the text, like kind of roasting each other. But she's like, cool, I fit right in. Um, hey, new sibling, you're ugly. Yeah, I know. I'm like, how long do we call her our new sister? Because actually, she's been around the longest. Which is, yeah, anyway. Absolutely. Um, one thing I did find super interesting. So, me, my older sister Morgan, who has a different mom than me and a different mom than Natalie, and Natalie, all three of us, with different moms but all the same dad, we all at some point were an architect, wanted to be an architect, or were studying architecture. Yes. Oh, that is so yes. specific, I feel like. And like, you know, with all those twin studies that have been done yeah. and uh, twins separated at birth, we'll have weird coincidences like they smoke the same cigarettes, their wives have the same first name, the way they do something is like so oddly specific. Um, oh, you've seen that like movie that. with the triplets, haven't you? Yeah, definitely. I've seen I that. Can't. We also watched one. So I think, yeah, the triplets one, that was like, I can't remember that's the name the one of that's it. like kind of unethical, right? Uh, but we watched one in grad school, like in class. In oh my gosh, I can't remember what this class was. It was definitely an, coming from an IO psych perspective. Mm-hmm. This class, Stephen Courtright's class. I cannot remember what it was though. What do you think about architecture that makes it attractive and potentially amongst the the three of you? Yeah. So. With Natalie and I, we're both very artistic. Mm-hmm. That's something I've also learned. And so with architecture, of, of course, that comes into play. Like, it, you need some sort of inclination towards, like, design and, and artistry. Architecture is just art you live in. I guess so. Lots of I like arms. that. Is that, like, a famous saying, or did you just come up with that? Um, no, it's from a TV show called The Librarians. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, with Morgan, I'm not, I'm not quite sure what her uh, motivation towards it was, but she actually um, studied architecture up until her junior year of college and then changed her major. Um, so she had to stay a bit longer. Yeah. So that's not fun. But they, they work they work those architecture kids, man. They Oh yeah. Boy, like you go to the architecture room, they're in there all morning night. morning to night. Yeah. Yep. All the time. Uh, honestly, the reason I didn't go into architecture, I will never forget this. I was in math class with the sub one day. <laughs> and he was like, What do you want to do when you're older? And I was like, I want to be an architect. And he said, get used to long hours and poverty. I said, that sounds like something I would not thrive in. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I, I wanted to uh, go to the architecture school at uh, University of Texas as well, but they only allow like 30 kids in a year. And like that, that led me out of that career path totally. 
I mean, I got into petroleum engineering, so and A and M only lets like I think definitely less than seventy in, so it's not Look impossible. I didn't do it, obviously. <laughs> Just total career switch not, after your petroleum engineering. I was not good at engineering. I I can't even lie. That was the first time that I truly felt like the one of the dumbest people in the room. I was like, why? How do y'all all get this? Right. Okay. It's okay. It just wasn't for me. Here we are. What What's been going on on the People Analytics meetup front, Jordan? Any news for us? Um, <laughs> what's new uh, in People Analytics, Jordan? Yeah, what's hit, it, hit us with the new shit. Oh, yes. Yeah. So most <laughs> excitingly and recently, I got to go to the um, Bay Area People Analytics meetup in, of course, San Francisco at Workday. So that was super cool. Um, always been a big fan of Workday as a company ever since grad school because we, uh, in our, I, I clearly cannot remember any of the names of any of the classes I took in grad school. No worries. Um, but in this class we had, we were assigned companies on the um, list of best employers and um, the company my group was assigned to was Workday. And so we just like got to study like and, and present on like what's What's cool about working at Workday? What's great? How, why'd they make the list? What's unique? Um, I'm not going to go into how that presentation went because it, it didn't really go that well. Um, <laughs> so we're not going to hey, go it, in there. It, it happened. It happened. But, We've all been there. What, what, yeah, wait, what, yeah. what went wrong? What went wrong? Yeah, was it a group dynamics uh, okay. issue? Well, I, think I, really... the, I think it's the crowd, not you. Right. Okay. Well, always the crowd was the crowd was being a little r- rambunctious, and my oh, friend Kenzie yes. and my group started laughing. And when my friends are laughing, I can't not laugh. And so groundlings. they kept doing stuff, making her laugh, which made me laugh. And our professor, uh, needless to say, was not very pleased. Um, mm. He gave me, I think, he actually is the reason I don't, I didn't get a four point in grad school because he failed me for participation because of this. <laughs> it's fine. I'm not bitter. I'm very bitter. I don't think you could have participated any harder. <laughs> like, totally, yeah, it's like we're presenting. You know what? In 2024, we are releasing, we are releasing bitterness. So I'm just going to let it go. So let it go. Uh, um, but yeah, the meetup was really cool. Um, I It took me forever to get there. Forever. I didn't, I was traveling for like eight hours or something because there was no, um, direct flights that Uh, either there's no direct, I I don't think that's true though. There was none that day that would get me there in time or, or something like that. And, um, so I was trying, I had to fly out to Hollywood, wait an hour, get back on a flight to, um, Oakland then find an Uber which was a pain and it was raining and cold and the time difference so I'd already been up an additional two hours yeah um so all of that was kind of rough and then being a a girl of course you know not that it's a requirement but it kind of you know kind of is like to get ready um so I also had to be ready so I think I got ready for the event at in the evening at like 10 a.m Oh, wow. So anyways, it was really fun, though. It was great meeting the team. They have a very cool dynamic over there. Very just themselves, which I love. And trust me, I've tried 
to not be myself at times. Um, I do wish I was a little bit more shy occasionally. Um, <laughs> is this I indie? really do? Uh, but it oh, was wait, no, no, no. Tell us, tell us, like what what happened? Like you're just like a butterfly in a. Oh, I just say. Well, I just be. I just be saying things. You know. <laughs> and sometimes oh, no. I'm like, as it's coming out, I'm like, mm, yeah. Oh, I I saw it from this you too. Say that? Definitely. <laughs> or just like being like a little bit too weird and you're like i probably should have toned that one down yeah this is why i think you're great jordan you're highly authentic you're an easy yes like i i remember oh that's so nice well for the people who don't know like jordan and i lead the dallas fort worth people analytics meetup and i remember when i asked for volunteers jordan's hand went up immediately and just like you know you you volunteered immediately to come on the podcast this morning too which i was really happy about one of the things that I thought was cool that you took away from that meetup that you brought back to the Dallas one is coming up with like operating principles for like what, like what are our tenants of the meetup? And so we came up with some for Dallas as a consequence of that. And I was excited. One of them being fun because Jordan is fun. And I think that's cool. And there were other great ones like community, you know, um, but yeah, I thought that was really great. It gave it, it gave it structure without giving it structure. Mm-hmm. I know that's, of course, you know, contrary. It makes sense, to me, but I get it. yeah. And another thing I really liked, and this plays into their values, but it was about being like inclusive. So if you're just interested in the people analytics space, or if you're adjacent, or just you know whatever it is, mm-hmm. like it's open to all. I thought that was really cool. Um, fun, fun fact. If you're talking about the Workday campus just outside of Oakland, I was at a connected yes. commons meeting there once. And like during the break, someone spilled like their entire coffee over me. Like this like Ooh. guy that's like seven foot tall, just like boom, just all over me. So I had to go to the bathroom and like, hey, it was like burning hot. Wait. So somebody oh. spilled their coffee on you? Yeah. Not- correct. Oh, correct. That's horrendous. Like this guy that's like tall as could be and just like, boom, just right on me. Did you get in a fight? (laughs) No, no. It was clearly, (laughs) it wasn't nefarious by any means. It was just an accident because like there's, you know, 50 people in this lobby that's, you know, 20 feet by 20 feet. And it just happened, man. But like, yeah, I had to go to the bathroom. A few drips is acceptable, but like a whole No, it, it was coffee? a whole whole ass cup. Hot. Hot oh, too, man. I didn't get burned though. Okay. But it yeah. was hot. What do you how do you recover from that? Like, what do you do? Uh actually I'll I'll tell you like my orientation. So like I went to the bathroom and like essentially they had to like douse my shirt. It was like a button up, you know, clean it up as best as possible. And uh I, I realized, you know, within like a thirty seconds, it was totally an accident. And I wound up later, they had like dinner for us, like 6 p.m. in their cafeteria or whatever, like uh, catered, et cetera. And I just went down and had dinner with him, and, like right next to him. Guy I'd never met before, but it, I don't remember his name anymore. But he's a super nice guy. And obviously, he's very contrite about the situation. But that's yeah. what I take away from the workday campus outside of Oakland. Did you have anybody spill anything on you, Jordan? No. Honestly, I'm so clumsy. I'm surprised I didn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I mean, you you also like in addition to being a leader of the DFW People Analytics meetings, you're also the chair of the Castilian Dallas Castilian Club. Castilian. Castilian. Yes. Um, interestingly enough, I'm really not sure why it's called that. It was founded back in the 40s. Um, I thought that was for like kids to learn how to dance with each other so, and do manners and i things. thought it was to learn yes, cotillions like were. yeah traditional cotillions like where you wear like the white dress at the end and you're a debutante which i did i've done that cotillion before oh, okay back I in high school it. i believe it um <laughs> anyways uh, jo- this George, is not it's not at mouth, all associated of. with that uh, what can I say? Houston, Texas, born and raised. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's not anything like that. It's not associated with Cotillion. I, maybe it used to be. I'm not sure there. Um, but yeah, it. I sit on the board. Um, Is it like a dinner it, party group? What do you, What do you do? No. So it's a women's organization in Dallas, social org. So we, oh. it fosters like inclusivity, friendship, community, but it's a nonprofit. And so all the... Um, proceeds go towards our local philanthropy, which is Genesis Women's Shelter. And um, they do, they provide support and services and, and a safe place to go for women and children trying to escape domestic abuse. That's so, fantastic that you guys do that. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, we actually had someone from the shelter come speak at Southwest for, um, we celebrate different things um, each month, like and this month was like we were celebrating like women. We have DEI celebrations is what I'm getting at. And um, what for our women's celebration, we had someone from Genesis Women's Shelter come speak to us. And it was completely unrelated to Cotillion. Um, but it was really cool to um, yeah. hear that conversation in the workplace because it's not it's obviously not a fun, lighthearted thing to talk about, you know. Well, talk about a word I can never spell. Like if you said, Cole, can you spell cotillion properly on the first try? We'll give you a million dollars. I could not spell it. What do you get out of that? Like, I mean, like you're a leader of the DFW People Analytics and leader in the cotillion. Like, what what do you get out of like leading these groups? Yeah, so I'm very others oriented, um, servant hearted. And so it just fills my cup. I think I think there's a fine line in terms of you can't get like compassion fatigue. Um, and so I have to be careful to make sure that I also take care of myself and I'm not just completely yeah. um, pouring myself out for others or, you know, other causes. Um, but yeah, for at least Cotillion, I guess for both, they're volunteer. They're on a volunteer basis. So, um, you know, the only thing I really have to give to it as my time um but it's valuable commodity. they're both really great causes it's i am always leave happy and i'm sure i'm definitely better for both those groups so wonderful networking opportunities too i'm sure yeah i've made some really great friends in cotillion i've made some great connections at our dfw meetups um and so yeah i think it's all just kind of found its way to me um and i'm it's all worked out really well do you uh design them a new logo um i did not oh. no i i do run all the social media now Woo! let me tell you that's a busy job <laughs> is it oh yeah oh uh, i yeah 
it's a, it's a, a gladly, of course, I'll, uh, gladly I'll do it, and I have the skill set to do it, but it's a lot of, uh, I gotta make a lot of graphics. Wow. Well, Scott, I don't even know. Do we have a confusion matrix today? I will cobble one together. This is, uh, we'll do some super random. How about that? The confusion matrix. Yeah, so you're you're the perfect guest for super random. Super program. random. This is uh, okay. Let's see. So these are these are questions that I've just jotted down throughout. I don't know the past few months, and like we'll just uh, I'll just try and hit some that I find interesting. Okay. Um, this is for both of you, by the way. So anyone oh. can answer. Just in, go ahead. Uh, do you love gossip? Oh. Go ahead, Cole. I think we know the answer. <laughs> Jordan literally, when she told me about her sister yesterday, she said, Cole, I've got the best gossip for you. Like, what is it? <laughs> and I was like, okay. To be fair, one of our previous meetings, Cole was like, I like to gossip. I know you like to gossip. Yeah. So it's just a. What, okay. There's a caveat for me, though. I don't like pointless gossip. Like, yeah, no, mom, cool. I don't care about what Wendy down the street did with those kittens she found no offense i'm sure it was a great story i do not care i i already have seventy thousand thoughts at once i don't need this pointless information like i really want to know what wendy's doing with those kittens though listen i don't even know who wendy is <laughs> we're already we're already bought in hook line and sinker what's going on with wendy yeah yeah watch you're gonna we get gotta an email. Know. this is wendy I want to like know what he's got going on in her house. Definitely. So I take it you're into gossip too, right, Scott? I mean, I think gossip gets a bad rap, right? Like it's essentially stories about other people, but it like it's a social lubricant and it's it's a social. Yeah. It's it keeps people in line as well. I'm not into that. Yeah. I don't know what's going on, you know. Have you ever heard gossip about yourself that like surprised you? You're like, oh, what what did, what did I do yes. next? Yes. Nah, I always they... expect the worst. Oh my gosh, yeah, I know. <laughs> definitely have. It's like they're messing my story up. Like they're they're telling it all wrong. That's not how it happened at all. Yeah. Well, if somebody does stomp on a good story, that is unfortunate. Yeah. You know? Like, come on. It was way more interesting than that. <laughs> I saw this video recently of this like little like troublemaker child. She's like four. And, like, the parents are carrying her out of, like, a little kid. This is barely gossip. But the parents are ca carrying her out, like, a little children's play thing. And the girl's so obstinate. She's like, I did not pinch her. And she's like, I did not pinch her. I hit her. <laughs> I'm like, well, I was like, yeah. There you go. That's right. Tell that's your own not... gossip. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, question two. Do you share food? Like, at a table. Like, yes. so eat, someone eat off your plate. Yeah. I don't prefer it. Oh, I will. Protective of his food. Grudgingly. Well, I, this was a product of my upbringing, though. My brother would always try to take the food <laughs> on my plate. So I've always been very protective of the food because I was like, ah, he's going to take it, you know? I don't know. What about I, you, Jordan? Yeah. I think that's... Everyone just I, go, go again, ham on the like helpful your... demeanor. Like I love, like literally love being helpful. So if someone wants my food, I'm like, yes, take it. Here you go. Yeah, fair enough. I think this is like how you were raised. I think that this falls on 
uh, family lines as far as like Cole had to protect his food or eat yeah. super fast just to make yeah. sure that nourishment. Seriously. <laughs> or, or like <laughs> someone will like spit on it or something if you don't eat it right now. Well, I don't know if it was that bad, but what about you? Do you share, Scott? Or, I, I, I said that wrong, but like, are yeah, you, I hear you. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't have a problem with it. Like, if someone were to like take a French fry or something off my plate, I wouldn't think twice about it. But I yeah. have seen people like flip out, flip out about it. Um, <laughs> Joey, what's up, Joey? On Friends, <laughs> there's a whole episode about this. Uh, do you have a problem feeling proud? Um, yes. Oh, okay. Yes and no. I, I, I think I'm neutral. Yes. Neutral to yes. Okay. I think I think I don't have a feeling necessarily being proud. I struggle with showing that without feeling like I'm taking up too much space or being annoying or being braggadocious. So, um, that, that's what I struggle with too. It's like, I'll do things, but I would never tell people that I did them or like think about sharing it in that way, which is probably like a personality disorder. Really? Is it? Yeah. I I should think so. Like I hear people brag about shit. That's like, I wouldn't even talk about that. Yeah, that's like too. that's not even a thing that you're talking about. Yeah, I think it it comes down to a lot of it's where do you get your validation from? Mm. Do you seek external validation? This also can. That's very true. I mean, Good point. Mostly ties back to your childhood. If you were, yeah, you know, seeking that validation and didn't get it, you'll you'll likely seek it externally, which I definitely do a bit. I I've grown a ton in the past. I would say decade. And so I rely more on like my opinion of me and like yeah. how I view myself and, and my accomplishments. Um, but that's not to say that's the way I was like wired. Proud is a loaded word, right? Yeah. Like there's a part of it, which is very healthy and needed around like, do I have like self-worth, right? Do I right. feel like, mm. like I'm okay with that? And I, I feel like I'm decent. In that regard, I think when I was younger, I was a little bit more insecure about a lot of stuff. When I say a little, I mean a lot. But in terms of the other part of it, there's like an ego part of proud. Like, you know, pride comes before the fall, you know, yeah. like that. And it's that's like, hub- actually, like hubris. Yeah, it's like hubris. And, and that's where, I, I mean, that's actually one of the reasons why I had my New Year's resolution for this year of like giving credit to others. You know, it's like I feel like I'm trying to combat pride and hubris and try to be like a better person kind of that thing and so i don't know i've, I've struggled with that for sure okay two more uh have you ever been on tv i mean i did try out for the bachelor what but they whoa. did not Wait, what? like hold the whoa, phone whoa, whoa, what what oh this video is so embarrassing i'm sure i could probably find it oh too. it's give me some more details we're gonna go looking for this uh i i, I doubt it's out there they didn't even call me Granted, okay, it was like, okay. Like, like let's, let's start from the beginning. Like, what? Like, you're so watching The Bachelor, and they're like, "Hey, if you want to be on The Bachelor, no, um, I mean, I'm an open book, so I'll literally tell let's you." Let's do anything. it. But I was in a really, a like serious relationship. Really, really like in love. Loved this guy, and he broke he gave up you with a me. Rose. He actually did. That, it was covered in 24 karat gold. It was preserved. <laughs> and I loved that thing. I actually just threw it away. Oh, no. Recently. 
Oh no. Well, I was like, okay, this is kind of weird to still have this, even though it's really That's a pretty. Wild conversation. Oh uh, yeah, this is this is Jordan. This is how things go with me. Anyways, oh. um, so head over heels, but then he broke up with me. You know, had his own battles going on. Whatever, and my cousin was like, "Absolutely not! You're not gonna." It's the same cousin who is the one who matched DNA with my now new sister. She was like, "Absolutely not!" Like. I am nominating you for The Bachelor. She's a photographer in DFW, a very successful one. And so she was like, you're coming over this day. She took this so seriously. Like, I had a professional photo shoot. Um, she used her professional, like, very, very nice camera for all the videoing. Um, I mean, her her closet was open to me. They, she paid to get my makeup. To, it was a full production. I cannot believe they didn't call me. I mean, I would have oh, the you. show. I'm with you. I think you've got the spunk, girl. I think The Bachelor made a mistake, you know? Oh, they totally blew it. But <laughs> it was Pilot Pete season, and that was a hot mess. So, you know, dodge okay. the bullet there. It happens. If it would have been Tyler as The Bachelor and I didn't make it on, I would have been picketing, rioting. They would have heard from me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Okay, well, he was one of the, I would say, contenders for being The Bachelor because he was okay. on The Bachelorette and got second. Got it. Got L- little, little known fact, Cole like applied to be The Bachelor. I did not. That never happened. <laughs> I, you, it doesn't matter how... The Golden Bachelor? Yeah, maybe. Oh, oh. Uh, that burned. Oh, but, uh, man, what the hell? I, mean, I don't think a Just professional kidding. camera is going to make me look any better to submit for one of these videos. So I think we're... I think that ship is it never even got to port to sail off, you know. The the consistency in your family line is incredible from like design to architecture to photography. It's all sort of artistically yeah. focused. Yeah, on both sides too. Uh my mom's brother, late brother Jim, um was very artistic. His one of his daughters, Jennifer, I mean I'm sure more than one of them, but Jennifer's extremely artistic. She's a graphic designer. I do that. Um, Paige does a lot of like graphic design work. She's on my dad's side. Um, and so, yeah, it is kind of interesting that it. Those genetics flow straight from. Uh, yeah. Well, a lot of us have ADHD, so I wonder if it has something to do with that. Scott, would you do The Bachelor? Would you be the. Or, well, I, actually, here's a good question. Would you rather be The Bachelor or one of the contestants who's trying to get The Bachelorette? I think you got to be the the one making the decisions, right? Like, yeah, I, I couldn't imagine. Well, a, I couldn't imagine being like in a dorm with like thirty other dudes. Like, like that first is like a no go. <laughs> like, I just don't want to deal with you know, <laughs> Frederico who's always working out or whatever. <laughs> and like, you know, it, it's it's a whole issue. Uh, yeah, I think you got to be the one handing the roses, not the one trying to vie for the rose. Nice. Well, and I think there's like an interesting psychological aspect to it of like everyone wants the one thing and so i feel like when it's that way yeah regardless even if the interactions were the same on either side i feel like you fall harder when you're the one trying to go for the one person does that make sense it makes perfect sense life is a (laughs) reasoning yeah okay last one uh so this, this is super random uh 
we're all from the south or you know lived in sort of country areas for a while have you ever shot a potato gun no i i don't think so okay i've shot i've shot a t-shirt cannon whoa yeah i mean it's pretty damn close yeah i mean they're basically the same thing yeah yeah i've shot the i've shot t-shirts out of them though that's fun like the only thing i can think of is like the little gun like mock guns they'd give to kids that like pop do you know what i'm talking about this is a very bad explanation like a pop gun just like Like a a bb gun okay definitely not that serious i'm talking about like stuff you you could hand this to a toddler like they're like wooden and it's got like this little orange stopper that it makes a loud pop noise a little cork on the end of the barrel yeah i feel like that's right um one thing I did as a kid a lot, I don't think I ever did this potato potato gun thing, but my mom would take us to Bass Pro Shop and we'd put the little quarters in and play the game where you shoot all the little laser points. <laughs> like, this, is, this is so Texas. Yeah. I was like, talk about, a, we talk about the Waffle House on here. And like, one of the things we figured out is we have like a lot of people who listen to us from overseas we're talking about waffle houses on here and now bass pro shops i'm like these references are not going to make sense to anyone <laughs> if, if you're from like germany or you know uh like belarus and like you came to texas like i would take you to bass pro shop just to marvel it's, it's like, a cultural experience look, look there's a fish tank as big as a house yeah. And you, you can't. You can't That's a whole experience. Yeah, we've talked about Bucky's <laughs> plenty of times. Yeah. Um, okay, wait. I have one for y'all. That's yeah. Kinda, just do it. Kind of similar vibe of like rapid fire or whatever comes to mind. But if, we're gonna we're gonna go a little Gen Z here, and it's a trendy thing. And so it's basically the premise is we're in people analytics of course we and you fill in the blank so like wait what oh is it from those videos you see where like we're we're, dinks we work at southwest airlines of course we celebrate your first day yeah like something like that like it's supposed to be like a little tongue-in-cheek like kind of funny um oh oh, okay we're in dallas of course we don't know how to drive of course that's a great one yeah um so what is of it? We're I'm Gen Z and people analytics, of course. No, 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 no. I was just saying we we're going a little Gen Z on this because it's like a okay. Okay. social media thing. Uh, but we're in people analytics. Of course we. Dot, dot, mm. dot. Okay, I, I can do mine. Uh, yeah. Complain about the data quality. Uh, hey, no, you got to do the full. You got to commit to this, Scott. <laughs> we're in people analytics. Of course we connected on LinkedIn about seven years before we met. That's true, yeah. <laughs> of course, we're in people analytics. Uh, of, of course, a friend you on LinkedIn, I'll never see you ever again. <laughs> or hear from you ever so again. Small. We're in people analytics. Of course, we're going to argue over really, really minute differences that make no impact uh, on reality. Oh, yeah. With that DNA. Yeah. Mostly. Parentheses. <laughs> I don't know. That's my best shot at it, Jordan. I'm not Gen Z enough. We're in people. Well, I mean, it's kind of hard to do on the fly, but it's funny. You already called me the golden bachelor. Jesus. (laughs) Come on. 
Come on. You know how often I get asked if I'm still in high school? Really? <laughs> yes. You're, you're not like, uh, I, I thought, I thought it's my people on like this kryptonite is when someone comes up with like a four quad color chart and like they're like here's our model and it's like you're a red blue green or a yellow and we're gonna put you in a bucket there and like this is it could be personality it could be how they orient to the organization it it could be like all sorts of things but i see that four quad chart and they're all different colors i'm like oh god we're in for it now this thing is not gonna work nothing about this is valid it's team building yay yay you're a you're a connector group you're like oh okay what does that mean like it's the same as all the other groups but it's all like funny thing on that i worked at a very process heavy company one time and i had taken this personality test and everyone would put them on their laptop at this specific company and i got zero percent process on personality (laughs) (laughs) i said yeah this makes a lot of sense because yeah you know i think i think after you know, this short stint, I will be moving on. Um, but that was a good example of like, yeah, not a fit. Yeah. When you were on the podcast last time, Jordan, did the nerdery even exist then? I don't even remember. Yes. Do you know? Yes, because we talked about women being cold in offices and how it makes oh, us, it impacts yes. our productivity and performance. And yes. I use a blanket at work now. Okay. Women's winter. Yeah. That's what call it. Let's do some nerdery. How about that? Let's do it. The nerdery. This is about who is leaving and why. And it's from the Academy of Management Journal uh, from a few authors about the dynamics of high quality human capital outflows, which is a very jargony way of saying, because this is some really fascinating research, that they found multiplier effects of worker turnover. And what they mean by multiplier is low perform. If a low performer exits the organization, that leads to more low performers quitting as a consequence. And if high performers leave the organization, that leads to more high performers leaving. Mm -hmm. So there's these multiplier effects that go on and they found that there's differential effects on the type of dismissal. Right. So if it's a dismissal, a layoff or voluntary turnover, each of those leads to different levels of turnover. Kind of um, I think we've called it contagion before on here, but I guess we'll call it multipliers for this article and with layoffs leading to the highest level of turnover. I thought this was this was a fascinating article. They, they used it on um, 1600 retail stores over 22 months. So obviously. Um, you know, may not have applicability outside of the service sector here, but still really like large sample size, really great data and some really interesting findings. Um, did, did you guys have a chance to look through this one? Uh, I did not read it because I'm not a team player. Would you repeat the part about the layoffs? Yeah. So they looked at different types of, uh, I guess what you might call like stimuli, the different types of things that lead to other people quitting. Yeah. So one would be a dismissal. I think what they're defining dismissal as is like somebody who's let go for poor performance, right? And then there were layoffs, which would presumably be, you know, somewhat random. Right. You're just, you know, letting a certain percentage of people go. And then there's traditional voluntary attrition. And what they found is layoffs led to more voluntary attrition 
um, than any of the other types of, of people leaving the organization. But they also- I mean, that found, makes complete sense to me. Yeah. From Survivor, um, the impact. Yeah, Survivor uh, Guild. What's it called? Yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, if you're laying off, you're going to start thinking about, you're going to start doing more counterproductive work behaviors like gossiping with your coworkers about, you know, hey, what's the state of our company? What do you think this means? Um, on top of survivor's guilt, on top of, you know, maybe your mind is elsewhere because of the anxiety that comes with that. Um, I don't know. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean... The the Go thing on. I took away is how damaging it is to organizations if their high performers start to leave. Right. Because if they start, it's going to be very, very challenging to curb that flow. Um, and so you might want to be very mindful of doing things like layoffs because they're going to have consequences throughout the business um, if they're somewhat random in nature. And so uh, I, I thought this was some really fascinating and relevant research considering what's been going on over the last year with layoffs and that type of thing. My mind immediately turns to turnover contagion, which you alluded to earlier. And it makes sense. Like, so if uh, low performers start turning over or you get one turnover, they're more likely through homophily to be connected to other low performers. It's just the way the world tends to work. It tends to be connected to people that are like them. <clears throat> Therefore, you see an outflow of low performers. Same thing on the high performer end. So high performers tend to be connected to other high performers. And therefore, you see like an outflow there. But the high performance is more insidious in the sense of like there could be systemic issues going on uh, in that the, the organization may be set up to support low performers, i.e. make life more difficult for high performers to actually yep. perform. And then once you get a certain number of high performers flowing out of the organization, who gets heaped with all the work that the, say, low performers can't perform or refuse to perform, et cetera, is those people that are already performing the job well. They get delegated to, and they get crushed on their weight. Like, yeah, I'm, out, no I'm out of here, too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Uh, the, the layoffs is really interesting phenomenon, too. I think it has to do, or yeah, hypothesize, it would relate to this issue as well. Like, just more work for fewer people as well. So, like, people just give up, throw their hands up in the air. Yeah. It's like they have to solve a problem they did not create. It's like, and you're yeah. not paying any extra. Why do I have to do, you know, have additional headache and heartache? Um, which actually, I don't know, now that I'm saying it out loud, does relate to my everybody gets paid the same theory, which it, that's an oldie but a goodie because it talks about miscellaneous heartache as it increases, your pay better increase or people are going to quit. So, yeah. Yeah, you get paid in proportion to the problems that you solve. Correct. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it highlights like the insidious nature of, uh, as you, as you said, like turnover and the decisions that you make and the ramifications that you may not be aware of that could stem from it. Like, so you're trying to solve a micro issue and create a macro problem, mm -hmm. i.e. you let go of a few high performers. Next thing you know, you got no high performers. Absolutely. I.e. you got no performance. You want to hit the next one? Sure, let's do it. Uh, okay. Uh, we never really talk about this, uh, like actually delegating tasks. We were kind of like hitting on that for a moment. Uh, but uh, this article is titled, Not Very Competent But Connected. So the study explores how managers delegate tasks to employees, and they essentially use uh, social connectedness 
in friend groups to as a signal of competence. So in situations where the person's clearly high competent or low competent, they know to either delegate or not delegate tasks. But if the employee subordinate below them is either connected to the highly central in the uh, business unit friend group or connected to the same types of people that the manager is connected to, they're more likely to use that as a signal of competence and delegate tasks to them. Um, it's a based in signaling theory and da, 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 and this is less prominent clearly in situations where competence is uh, clearly noted. Really kind of fascinating way of how managers would uh, view the workforce or you know kind of use these sort of secondary signals to someone's competence and ability to perform a task. Yeah, I think there's been research before that has shown the relationship between delegation and trust. Yeah. Right? Like managers having to have that trust. And I, actually, I'm glad you're you're bringing this up. We don't talk very much, even though there's, there's a ton of science out there on leadership. We, we just haven't, for whatever reason, talked about it very much on here. And I, I'd written an article a while back about doing leadership analytics, and I went and revisited it because of this article from some of the research that Hogan uh, personality had done. And one of the things that they showed is that folks that are most likely to be promoted into management are highly diligent individuals. So they're highly detail oriented. They very conscientious. They can kind of try to control a process end to end. Got their TPS reports. <laughs> Correct. Name. So when they get promoted into management, then they fail to delegate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. such control freaks. And so the number one predictor of being promoted is the number one reason for why someone is a micromanager. And it's really difficult to unlearn those behaviors. And so I, I thought that that was fascinating. I think it's it's very related to this, this type of research. And one of the things that they talked about is the only type of situation where they know that a manager's never going to delegate is when a person is a poor performer. I'm like, absolutely. Do not delegate to this poor performer. So I, I thought this article was was great, and I'm glad we're talking about this topic. I mean, it's, it's so true that the sort of skill sets that are needed at the, say, entry level, obviously as an IC, are different from like first-line manager, which are different from middle-level manager all the way up to senior leader. And sort of the things that you would delegate or like sort of like the big projects that you would let go of. And I, I think you're absolutely right about the trust aspect as well. Uh, and it, this this article actually makes sense from a perspective of like this person is central in the employee network and has like say the same friends as me. That almost acts like a uh, uh, social bond that that person is going to do a good job because they don't want to let down those other people because it's reputation damage at that point, right? If you don't do a good job on the task that you're delegated with, it's going to get around the office. Well, tell me, because um, I don't know if I read it closely enough to know the answer to this or if they, if the research would even know this, but is it saying that a more connected node or person in a network is more likely to be delegated to because of that trust factor or because of the connection factor they have with others? Yes, yes. So yeah. they, they, the social network is a uh, means or a proxy measure for competence mm -hmm. in ambiguous situations Got it. So, so this person is trusted i.e trusted they're connected to other people therefore they have some sort of clout around them and therefore they can be trusted to deliver on this task uh it, it, it's all there's all like other insidious aspects that are not hit on in this article like 
once again, like delegating too much to that person yep. or delegating all the worst assignments to one person, <laughs> right? Okay. Like that person's more likely to leave. Or um, I, I see this quite frequently. People that have are long tenured in an organization they, they, once again, they go to their social network, the people that they know the most mm -hmm. and they delegate to the same person over and over and like essentially get like a stale network when you could say develop a low competent person into yeah. something, give them some provided coaching, et cetera. Well, Jordan, you're incredibly well networked. Do you get delegated to very much? So what's interesting right now is I'm on a, like a very high performing team. Mm -hmm. Um, and as, as much as I would love to say I am the top of the top, there are there are people like incredibly well networked inside of Southwest. Um, yeah. And so, but I can absolutely see this uh, playing into it. Like the people that are really well networked are also some of our best performers are yeah. also delegated too often. I mean, they're, they're the so, people that also know where the bodies lie and et cetera, just because they know so many exactly. different people. Yeah. Honestly, there is there is someone in my greater department that's not on the people analytics team, but I, I normally just, if I have a question and I have no clue who would answer this, I just ask them and they reply within minutes with the answer. Oh, like, yeah. This person's better than Google. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not looking on the internet. I'm pinging them. We should we should talk about this sometime in more depth, Cole. Because like uh, knowledge of organizational history and just like knowing that organizational knowledge is so valuable, and like you, you can bring in external talent, etc. But knowing the history of the org and the culture and like why things work and why they won't work, when it's valuable to those who don't have it, it's almost anti-valuable to those who have it because they're almost penalized for it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely for having it. So I think that's fascinating for you sure. Like pigeonhole into specific area of people become aware of your knowledge that. Correct. Or anytime somebody's getting onboarded, they're like, oh yeah, you're going to be their onboarding buddy. You're like, great. And the 17th person I had yeah. to do for, you know, but, um, but yeah. You well, want to do uh, one more? Or you want to skip it? Let's, let's do one more. I think we can do it fast because I know nothing about Doctor Who and I couldn't read the article because it was a paywall one. So I have a screenshot of it. <laughs> <laughs> show what it looks like uh but yeah you want to tee it up scott yeah absolutely i mean like jordan she's always talking about doctor who she's a big old doctor who fan right could not tell you who that is <laughs> okay like, so, doctor who doctor who question mark so for anyone out there that uh doesn't know doctor who is a sci-fi character who uh the show's been going on since like 1963 and they replaced the doctor every few years, irrelevant, but that's why the show can last for 60 something years. And, uh, in the UK, there's typically a, uh, Christmas special, you know, and, uh, but some years there's not. And this researcher at, uh, I don't know where he's, where is he from? I wrote it down. He's in Birmingham. Well, we'll call it, let's call it England in general, has identified that on the years where there is a Doctor Who Christmas special, there's actually a reduction in uh, deaths the following year in the UK uh, of the amount of four for every 100,000 people. 
Uh, obviously, it's not causal research, but it is an interesting little phenomenon. And there was like a big gap from like 19, I don't have the dates here, but from like 1988 to 2005, where like there's a big jump, et cetera. But interesting finding. Six fewer deaths per year. Okay. So they didn't do like, they didn't track who watched the episode and then they were less likely to die or... It was just like truly like shark attacks and ice cream. Is this what we're talking about? Here? The article did not. It was kind of a, it didn't short on details of how no. this was actually performed. But uh, I thought it was going to be like, like ice cream sharks. Yeah, well, I thought it was going to be like less people, you know, committed suicide around the holidays because of the Christmas special because they're like, oh, I feel like I'm a part <laughs> of the community or something. I don't know. But again, I just read the headline. <laughs> I, I know I'm always bummed when there's no Doctor Who Christmas special. Well, it's like also in the U.S., isn't Mother's Day like one of the like lowest rates of homicide every year? I thought it was Valentine's Day, but yeah, you know. Mother's Day makes sense. Like Ma- criminals yeah, Valentine's Day, out. I don't think that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Considering, um, never mind, I'm not going to get into my true crime um Mother's Day makes sense because like, the so criminals awesome. would hang out with their mothers on that day. Be otherwise occupied. Right. Right. So they call it like nagging Mother's Day. Is that what we're talking here? I, <laughs> I thought I thought they were saying the same thing about Doctor Who. Like people are at home on that day and yeah. like they don't then perhaps they don't drink right. and don't go drive and like go, you know, wreck their car or whatever, but it's saying the following year. So these I guess these people are filled with like goodwill and just uh good vibes overall. I mean, is it a motivational show or something like that? Or I mean it's definitely leaves you with a good feeling but i mean it's not definitely not motivational it's definitely completely correlational but i still like the finding i I love it it. i love it put more good vibes in the world even if that regression coefficient is tiny well jordan i super appreciative you joining us on short notice this has been a marathon incredibly quirky and authentic episode. So thank you for joining us. Any final words for Jordan Scott before I give her the last word? Jordan, love talking to you as always. Thanks for coming on. Yes, thanks for having me. And we're in people analytics. Of course we listen to directionally correct. Oh, I like that. We're going to clip that. That's a new tagline. tagline. (laughs) Put that up front. We'll put it up front. All right. Well, uh, you've been listening to Direction Correct, the People Analytics podcast with Colin Scott and today's second time guest, Jordan Hartley. Thanks for joining, joining us, Jordan. Thanks. Have a good one. All opinions are our own and do not reflect those of any other organization. Hey, guys. Direction Correct is dedicated to you, our listeners, to help educate and entertain you on how to effectively do people analytics. By supporting this podcast, you are helping us continue to provide valuable insights and knowledge to our listeners. Please consider becoming a patron of the podcast. You can find the link to sign up in the show notes or at patron.podbean.com slash directionally correct. Thanks for your support. You've been listening to Directionally Correct, a people analytics podcast with Colin Scott.